Jesus says. The goats will not. The direction of the life reveals uh, the heart's response to God. And Paul is teaching the same thing here. He's warning. He's warning. That there is a way of life that leads to destruction. And those who persist on walking this way are walking off a cliff. And so he issues a warning. I I read in the paper this week, uh, in the Post-Dispatch, earlier this week, there was a commentary on the dangers of the Merrimack River at Castlewood Park. You ever been to Castlewood Park? It's a nice park, but it's, you know, the river is right there, and usually that's just okay. But, but this, this writer pointed out that there are times and seasons where it's not safe to be in that river. And that over the last 18 years, there have been 16 people who've drowned in the Merrimack River at Castlewood Park. And if you go there as you're walking towards the river, there's all kinds of signs warning you about the possibility of being drowned in this river. So there are places in the Merrimack or by the Merrimack where it's dangerous to walk because there's a cut bank and, and you can get close to the river and there's nothing underneath to support you and you can fall into the river. There are times, there are seasons... Where it's muddy down there. I've been down there where it's been really muddy. It's dangerous. And then, of course, there are the dangers of swimming in the river. Where sometimes it looks like it's fine to swim, but there's an undertow you can't see. So this writer said that in spite of these warnings, there are still people who are going to persist, ignore the warnings, and think, it's not going to happen to me. But the warnings are there for the good of the people. And that's what Paul is doing here. He's issuing a warning. There's a way of walking that leads people away from God. There's a way of walking that leads to destruction and death. Sin leads to death. A sinful lifestyle leads away from God. We thank God that there is, by His grace, A call to repentance. A call to come back. These warnings are something gracious that God does. He tells people. It's like a flashing warning light. Don't keep going down this road. And by the Holy Spirit, God wakes us up and and convicts our hearts. This is a work of the mercy of God. The dangerous place to be spiritually is when you don't feel any compunction or have any conscience about doing these sorts of things. And so we need to ask the Holy Spirit to sensitize us, to make us sensitive to those places in our life where we're going in a direction that doesn't glorify God and can be spiritually dangerous for us. So he describes the works of the flesh. He warns about where this can lead. And then he gives us a solution. To the problem, at least part of the solution. I'll talk about this more fully next time I preach on walking in the Spirit, because that's the positive side of this. But the negative side of this, or the thing that 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 we need to to pursue, and the, the the thing that we need to say no to, are the sinful desires of the flesh. And he talks about it in verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his sinful passions and desires. Notice that that's in the past tense. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its sinful, uh, with its passions and its desires. This has already happened in the believer's life. And that's a wonderful encouragement. Have you seen that in your life? Have you seen that when maybe you were a younger Christian, there were struggles, there were sins, there were desires, there was a way of thinking that at the time was a great struggle for you, but now you've seen by the mercy of God, by the work of the Spirit, those things don't have the attraction and the pull and the force that they once had. That's what Paul's talking about here. And so if you're today, if you're in the midst of such a struggle, especially for those who are young, who are new in the faith, I want to tell you that as you interact with God, as you pursue him, God will lessen those desires, not saying that we ever reach a sinless state. Of course not. The ember is still there. It can be fanned into flames. But there are things there are things that I was attracted to in my 20s works of the flesh in my 20s that don't have the pull that they did now. How about you? Have you seen God in His mercy kill off some of those desires? should be an encouragement to you in your struggles even today. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. That's already happened. But then there's the encouragement that we need to let that continue to happen in our life. To kill off the thing that is spiritually corrupting. Elsewhere, Paul says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Colossians 3.5. Put to death. It's God who does that in us. We cooperate with God in this crucifixion of the sinful nature. What a dramatic image that Paul gives us here. Crucify the flesh. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. Crucifixion, of course, was methodical. It was agonizing. It was ugly. It was intentional. It was deliberate to kill. And Paul uses that image and says that's how we ought to treat the sinful desires in our life. Deliberately, intentional. Kill it off with the help of God. The old theologians talked about this as mortification. Mortification. Mortification begins with confession and repentance. If you don't know the cancer is there, you can't deal with it. And so here's the application, uh, friends. A very simple application. Let's take this passage of Scripture this week. I'm going to do this too. And sit with it. Sit with verses 19, 20, and 21. Read this scripture. Maybe even read it out loud. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Come to this text with a prayerful attitude and say, Lord, are there works of the flesh in my life? that fall into these kinds of categories. Sexual sin and desire. 
spiritual idolatry, relational sins. And ask the Holy Spirit who dwells within you to surface those things. And then confess and repent. Confess and repent and ask the Lord to cleanse you and to strengthen you in your battle against those things. And see what the Lord does. That's a easy application. It's easy, but it's hard, isn't it? <laughs> it's hard to see uh, our own sin. It's hard to see our own hypocrisy. I want to just close with this, um, this quote. Let me say something else and then I'll close with a quote. I want to make clear that when we engage in this process of mortification, of repentance and confessing sin, when we crucify the flesh, that doesn't pay for our sin. Jesus has already paid for our sin by his crucifixion. He's the one in our gospel reading, we see that he sacrificed so greatly for us that he didn't even have a place to lay his head. He set his face to Jerusalem. He sacrificed his very life to pay for our sin, but also to free us from the dominion of sin in our life. The cross is painful and ugly, but on the other side of the cross is something beautiful. New life, resurrection, Christ-likeness, holiness, holiness. And somebody has written, Holiness rightly understood is a beautiful thing. And its beauty is the beauty of divine love. And that's what we're after. We'll talk more about that when we talk about walking in the Spirit. That's the energy of God moving us to be more loving like Christ. But that's enough for now. So let's pray. Lord, I do pray for your Holy Spirit to do a work in us and in me to crucify those things that are not not only not pleasing to you, not honoring of you, but also that are spiritually that are that are that are corrupting in our life and in our relationships. And Lord, I pray that you would give us a vision of holiness. The beauty of holiness that we would desire by your grace and by your Holy Spirit to walk in it. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.